Is there anything we can be doing to protect ourselves from the uh, shade of um, the people who are the desperate opportunists, let's call them that? This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, having seen the collapse of the Eastern Bloc as a child in Bulgaria and moving to Atlanta in the USA, Christo Angelov has also lived through 9-11 and the financial crisis of 2008. The result? A man who exudes the level of calm many of us are aspiring to right now. What else? Well, I'll tell you. Christo's in the business of helping his clients protect their businesses through his work at Firebrand Security, specifically customer and employee data, intellectual property, supply chains and beyond. So I was happy to take his advice about how to identify an opportunistic scammer as we all spend even more time online. Enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with my friend Christo Angelov. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Christo Angelo from Firebrand Security, somewhere in the USA, which we're going to find out exactly where. Welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Now, I know that you're in the States. Are you in Atlanta? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Cool, right. So you're in Atlanta, but you're not from Atlanta. No, I'm not originally from Atlanta. Originally, I'm from Sofia, Bulgaria, and I moved to Athens, Georgia, which is a university town in uh, 1992 when I was 10 years old. How's your Bulgarian? Is it still? Uh, my Bulgarian is still good conversationally. It's strong. Uh, I can read and write decently, but obviously it erodes a little bit every single year. So when it comes to your experience so far, this has been my, my opening question. I'm kind of wondering, of course, what your experience has been locally where you are right now in Georgia. And I'm also wondering at the same time that you still have family in Bulgaria. I do. It strikes me that we all get fed news in certain ways, depending on which uh, outlet we're looking at. So yeah, really interested to hear your experience of what's going on in your part of the US, but also what you're hearing from people you actually know, family in Bulgaria. Yeah. So let me start with the my firsthand experience here. And it's... Uh, I would say it's a very interesting one. We're obviously in quarantine. Uh, The quarantine here doesn't feel like it's quite as impactful as it may be some other places. Obviously, a lot of places are closed and restaurants and bars are only offering takeout. Uh, And there's also the concept of social distancing, which um, feels a little vague. Uh, I don't know that anybody's really following it consistently from what I'm seeing here. The one change that's been very interesting living in the U.S. is that 
I see people walking so much more now out and about because it's the only activity for them to do. So the area that I live in has a lot of walking trails. So over the last decade, I would see one to two people when I was out. And now it's flooded with people. So it's a little interesting to just see that change and um, see how people are shifting and adjusting based on the fact that they have nothing else to do. A healthy benefit, at least. Yeah, yeah, I think to an extent. But what strikes me is when I talk to people back home uh, is that the measures are a lot stricter and the way that it's enforced seems to be a lot stricter, uh, which part of that I think is cultural. Part of that is just how spaced out and large things are in the U.S. I think it would be a lot more difficult to enforce a strict quarantine. Um, there's also the reluctance from people to follow it to an extent because it impedes on what people perceive as personal freedoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very it's very interesting just to see the dichotomy between how people are both implementing restrictions at a government level and how people are actually following through and adhering them to them. Uh, I'm not sure if you've read, but the governor of the state reopened some public beaches uh, in the last week, even though there's a statewide quarantine. Um, So it's interesting. It's very difficult to get a sense for how strict things are and how strict they ought to be based on the different approaches across the world. And personally, are you kind of sticking inside and quarantining hard or? Uh, yeah, uh, we're trying to do our best to stay inside. We'll only go to the grocery store and um, obviously outdoors for, for exercise just to get some fresh air. Um, but besides that, we're meeting with, uh, occasionally meeting with friends at an outdoor space where we just form a big circle and everybody stays a few feet apart and we, we have some drinks and just talk uh, and just try to take in the surreal atmosphere that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Shopping is like a weird zombie uh, post-apocalyptic experience um, <laughs> uh, here as well. So um, you work, it, your business is, is around internet security. And um, this is particularly interesting now because the whole world has suddenly discovered Zoom and Skype uh, and and all of that stuff. Um, What's been your professional take on on that that part of uh, things? So I think that obviously with the move to technology and mobility, into the cloud, there are going to be issues exposed in a lot of services and a lot of programs and applications, especially in a time like this where applications like Zoom are being utilized so much more. There's going to be a lot more scrutiny and there's going to be a lot more eyes. And they're also going to come in the crosshairs of attackers um, so I'm seeing just personally in my business email, I'm seeing all kinds of nefarious, uh, messages coming through that are clearly intended to try to compromise my environment. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's an interesting 
you know, the motivation for, for people is always very hard to pin down. Um, but during these times to see people go after the masses, it's, it's a little disheartening, not surprising. Um, so overall, it's an interesting time. Businesses definitely, like most other businesses, I think, experiencing some bumps uh, just due to the unprecedented slowdown in everything outside of a few sectors like hospitals and seems like construction is still going pretty strong. Um, obviously, grocery and farming, the food food supply chain is still going pretty strong. Transportation in terms of getting things from place A, a to B. But besides that, it seems like everything else is coming to a pretty pretty abrupt stop. Yeah, right. Have your have your clients also experienced the nefarious inbox activities and and have you been supporting them in that way? Or is this something that you think is just starting to happen and you're gonna see requests and contacts come through once people have um, worked out how to um unfold their home desk so i haven't necessarily talked to my clients about that um a lot of them are really just trying to assess the situation in a broader aspect uh for me i have a small business so my coordination in terms of continuity are pretty simple uh some of the clients that i work with are rather large and in industries that are deeply affected by this so for them, it's much more of a crisis sort of situation where, you know, revenue is dried up almost overnight at a rate that's unprecedented. Um, if you look at the unemployment numbers and how companies are taking strategies to either reduce their workforce or furlough their workforce, um, it's going to have a pretty significant impact I think both to the companies themselves when things get back to normal, whatever that may look like. Uh, And then also, I mean, just from the overall broader economy, I think the the pain is really a few months out that we're going to see across the board. Yeah, no question. And from speaking with people across different countries and even different states, you know, I'm seeing different reactions from different governors and obviously Trump at the top and then different countries with different prime ministers and, and what have you. So we'll, we'll see when we get to the other side. Tell me, so from your standpoint, you're, you're experiencing the bumps that many of us are experiencing. What have been your thoughts around or and actions around how you're helping your clients right now in a way that you weren't needing to or didn't feel like there was a need before this? Uh, I think a lot of the actions that I'm taking now are really just being patient and just talking to my clients and almost providing an outlet for them to an extent. Um, I'm using this time to look at some additional avenues for business that I wasn't looking at before and strategizing with consultants in other areas to develop some service offerings that cross-feed each other that will benefit, I think, everybody in the long run. Um, 
I'm also using this time to just understand some technology aspects uh, in a little bit more depth so that I can then bring that value back to my clients when they're ready to, to make investments. Uh, but for the most part, I would say it's just being flexible and trying to be understanding of their position um, because it's, it's very stressful for some people, I would say for a lot of people. And um, for the time being, it's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, right. And outside of outside of your immediate situation, outside of your immediate business situation, and even outside of the US, you know, taking it into consideration that you have a decent perspective on what's happening in Bulgaria and maybe more of a broader, wide view than the average person that lives in the US. How how do you think um, how do you think we're going to get through this and and what do you think it's going to look like on the other side? Well, we'll get through this. I'm I'm optimistic. I know what I've been saying so far doesn't sound very optimistic, uh, but I'm I'm obviously I'm a optimist just by nature, and uh, I've seen a lot of situations throughout my life. I was I was a kid when you know, the collapse of the Soviet Union and then the Eastern Bloc um, in the late 80s and early 90s. And there was massive scarcity um, where you couldn't find anything in the stores uh, when I was in Bulgaria. So that was a very interesting experience early on. Um, You know, obviously 9-11 happened when I was here and in college. There was the economic crisis of associated with the mortgage industry in the late 2000s. So we'll get through this. Everybody's going to to feel the pain. Um, but I think what's going to help us get through this is just being human, being there for each other and, and trying to be helpful. Uh, we're reorganized, right? There's going to be all kinds of businesses and ideas that pop up out of this that nobody was considering before or didn't seem um, for the, some of those ideas to be implemented. It wasn't practical. So we'll see a lot of innovation. When a lot of smart people um, become idle, it's difficult for a while, but there's always a creativity boom that's associated with that. Um, you know, I think governments are going to have to play their role as much as they can. Um, which is a little concerning given how much depth there is in the world. Adding a lot more to that is going to strain a lot of economies. But all, all in all, it may, it may take a little bit of time, but I think, I think we'll rebound and we'll come back stronger. And uh, we'll have new business ventures, and new products and services that we didn't even imagine were or possible. I completely agree with that. Has there been anything that you've seen the beginnings of, either locally or, or online, that you think, oh, that's a, that's a cool way of embracing this um, shitstorm? <laughs> because I'm hearing, I'm hearing kind of from people about things as simple as the generosity of humanity in local communities all the way through to us. There's an app, you know, there's this new app and it's going to change everything in a way that, you know, Uber 
suddenly showed up and uh, all of those things. Are you seeing anything at the moment? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of just good intent in people. Uh, see a lot of people that are working hard and trying to um, provide essential services. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people that are, are very being very resilient and just being role models for, for everyone. Um, as far as products and services, I, there hasn't necessarily been anything that has caught my eye quite yet. Um, that I think will be sustained. There's obviously uh, a lot of necessary services popping up right now. Um, you know, like a lot of the face masks that are being produced by a variety of different companies. Um, that's obviously serving a need. Uh, I'm hopeful that it's not going to be a sustained <laughs> service where we'll have to wear masks for the next decade whenever we interact with people. Um, so. I think the uh, yeah the kids with three D printers are, are doing some great things all, all across <laughs> all across the world. Um, that's cool, man. So I'm interested to I'm interested to know finally how you, you're personally going to get through. You've got a positive outlook. You've got a business. You're going to have to hashtag pivot uh to a certain to a certain degree um with, with the learning stuff is there anything specific that you're you're turning to to learn or the self-development bit of of who you are is it technical stuff or is it like stoicism <laughs> uh well definitely i'm definitely trying to uh shore up my skill sets and read through and make sure that any areas that I've, I've maybe, um, let slide a little bit, um, I'm refreshing my technical skill sets. Uh, but really just from a personal experience is, is really just being present for this. Uh, it may not be pleasant. It may not be what anybody wants, but it is part of our experience. And I think it's important to be there and it's important to be fully present for it um because that is the only way that you can really learn and over time just be able to adapt without this being some sort of scarring experience um so i'm trying to practice a lot of mindfulness and awareness and and just looking at things with a clear set of eyes for what it is versus what I hope it to be or what I want it to be or what I wish it would be. <laughs> yeah. It's, it feels like you have a kind of pretty calm position just because of what you've seen in the past, especially the collapse of the Eastern Bloc thing. That must have been like, that's no surprise to you. This is a new experience for me trying to get um, toilet paper, right? Um, <laughs> so, so that's that puts you in a strong position from a mindset point of view. Um, I I have one other question because I just want to I just want to get your take on the internet security side of things as an expert. Really, if you've got loads of stuff happening online with you know this is this is not safe. You know, house party isn't safe. Zoom wasn't safe. Now it is again. What are your 
what are your top tips and recommendations for people to remain safe online? And especially I'm interested because I'm giving like my six year old a little bit more access to my iPad, uh, for example, okay. that I might, that I might not have done. And while I'm monitoring it and all of that stuff, I'm just interested in, is there anything we should look for? Is there anything we should be aware of to, to think, okay, that looks scammy. I like to think I'm pretty on it, but Equally, there might, I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of things I miss. So is there anything we can be doing to protect ourselves from the, uh, the shade of um, the people who are the desperate opportunists? Let's call them that. Yeah, absolutely. So from a personal standpoint, just always be cognizant when looking at messages, whether those are coming in via email, via text message, social media, anything that requires you to access a link, uh, put in any sort of credentials. Um, you always need to be cognizant of where it's coming from, even if it appears that it's coming from somebody that you know. Um, if all of a sudden your aunt is sending you a document about how to <laughs> kill yourself from COVID-19, right? It's, it's good to look at that with a skeptical eye. Um, any sort of offers that appear online with websites that you're not familiar with, I would be very careful in rushing to purchase, uh, you know, to your point, toilet paper. <laughs> uh, it's it's an interesting time that we live in when that becomes a scarce item. Uh, and people are just quick to capitalize on it. So. Uh, just taking a pause, right? Before we, you know, download software, purchase software, open a link, um, just having that pause and, and actually um, thinking whether we know what we're doing uh, because otherwise it could compromise both our security and our privacy, uh, which during this time is also something very important to think about uh, with all the technology that's around. Um, we need to be cognizant of the information that is being shared uh, for the greater good and what the long-term impacts of that could be. Uh, because a lot of times situations like this will cause a shift in perspective when it comes to our personal privacy and reversing those effects and the way that that information is shared is a lot more difficult to do after the fact once it's out there in the open. Right. Yeah, that's super useful. Firebrand security, obviously, which seems to be the word I'm using a lot at the moment, obviously, as my link word. So I'm <laughs> trying not to do it too much, but it's just falling out all the time that you're you're all about helping people protect their ip their assets their um lists their data um could you could you tell us maybe a little bit more about that and also where people can find you and the kinds of problems that you're solving for people and and, and results you're getting for people around that uh making sure that they're watertight and safe and everything they're doing online is is good sure so my company focuses on 
helping businesses implement information security programs. Uh, so when it comes to uh, that space, there is a multitude of different things that companies need to do, ranging from a handful of things that are very basic in nature, like protecting your email security, making sure that your access to your systems is secure, making sure that your items are patched. Uh, and when it comes to a larger company, there's a lot more complexity and intricacies in how those processes are actually deployed. So what I help companies do is build out those capabilities and help them implement a way to measure uh, the effectiveness effectiveness of those capabilities. Uh, I think that's a lacking area in the space to where um, you know companies are routinely being breached, as we see in the news. Um, and a lot of the challenges that are associated with that are very deep-rooted within how companies do business. Um, so security is definitely lagging. It's an area that's changing, uh, but it's changing slowly. And there's a heavy amount of investment that it's required by a lot of companies. So I help them kind of look through all the complexities and help them come up with an actionable strategy of how to go about uh, implementing the process technology uh, in a way to measure what they do. So my best way to contact me uh, is either through my website, which is firebrandsecurity.com. Uh, email is info at firebrandsecurity.com. That's perfect. Thanks, man. I, th I think um, I think after this initial wave, my prediction is you're going to see a, a boom in business because what I'm seeing, I think what everyone's agreeing on so far that I'm speaking with is that a lot of people are going to be doing even more online because they've realized how easy it is, which means that there's going to be more <laughs> security issues to fix. So I, I really hope that... Um, and, I, and I'm sure I'm sure your business will will continue to boom and 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 boom as a result of this crisis. So um, you know, thanks Thank thanks you. so much for for sharing that advice. And always interested in a story from a man who's um, from some from one place and 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 living in another. Like that's always that's always a fascinating story. And and um, thanks for sharing that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, taking the time to speak with me. Awesome, man. I will speak to you soon. Sounds good. Cheers, man. This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan, with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cars 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar, if you're feeling pod-curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com. <laughs>